thanks for joining us. Jim and Cake from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Got a few texts rolling in this morning. Got one from Mike. Officially worse trade than Broncos. Russell Wilson deal grind, grinder for a global arms dealer murderer. Okay. A couple things on that. Not that not to downplay it necessarily, but the the Russian gentleman that we exchanged. Victor Bout, I Victor, believe. Victor whatever his name is. You know, he, he earned the nickname the Merchant of Death. You know where he got that nickname from? A British newspaper that was just trying to sell more newspapers. Yeah, it's a, not, it's a little, it, little overhype there. Again, not to yeah. undermine the, yeah. the seriousness of it, but also... And all of the like pictures... Still a scumbag human being. All but. of the, the pictures that have been circulating in the media of him are from 2008. Current him is... He's kind of fat, and he's kind of ugly. He's not as intimidating. So, you know what? I think... I'm not going to say... You mean he's not like... Um, Oh, gosh. Air Force One. No. No, he is not. Not like, uh, oh, gosh. I'm trying to blank out his name. The actor, British actor. Gary Oldman. Yeah, he's not Gary Oldman, no. Who was really good in that movie, by the way. As the the Russian terrorist. Get off my plane. Get off my plane. Uh, Harrison Ford. It's great as, great as the president in that. You seen the uh, Indy 5 trailer? I have not yet. So they're going to do a little bit of the de-aging stuff before they bring him into modern day. I got to say, the technology has improved because <laughs> de-aged Harrison Ford looks like Harrison Ford. Does does he move around, though? Because I remember they had the movie with De Niro where they, the de-aging was yeah. on Netflix. Where um, he still moved like he was an old guy. He looked younger, but he... He looks kind of stiff there. He looks like he's yeah, not moving around very good. There, there might be some stunt doubleness the Irishman, going yeah, on. He was the Irishman, yeah. Okay, I was going like, sounds like the yeah. Irishman. Uh, you know, it's only it's a brief clip of the de-aged Harrison Ford, so we'll see how it looks in the total package. But I don't know. It looks pretty good. I did not see in its entirety the most recent one, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I saw. I, I, I saw, saw the beginning. Ago. Yeah, I watched it. It was. Yeah. I saw the beginning, and I said, "I'm out." You could see they're they're gonna hand it over to Shia LaBeouf. He was going to be Mud or whatever his name in the movie. It's like he was gonna be the next guy, and yeah, I want that. And out. then it didn't go very well for Shia LaBeouf or one of the few movies that Kate Blanchett was in that was just like, <laughs> not a very good movie. All right, so thoughts about the Broncos. Can can they keep it? Can they can the Broncos find a way to, to cover here? I don't know. I don't know. I I like to think that they'll keep it. I'm thinking if they can if they can somehow keep the Chiefs. I'm gonna I'm not. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be more realistic about my prediction here. I was gonna say if they can keep them under thirty. Oh well. If if they can you know, like give up twenty eight. I think that's and, and Denver somehow managed to score maybe seventeen points. Right. That's probably a pretty good good day for the Broncos in this one against the league's top offense. Cause what's your what's your line? Because I had it as Kansas City was an eight and a half point favorite. Nine points. They're nine, nine they're nine points so favorite last one I saw. Nine. It might okay. might have come down a little bit. Because that was the one that I saw, I think, like two, two, three days ago. So, I, I just, I think if they find a way to, I mean, I, there, there's like, Ray, I think, I think the Chiefs cover. I do think they cover. I don't, I don't think that's. But does somebody out there think somehow the Broncos will find a way to cover here, keep them from winning by nine? In the NFL, that's a big number. That's a that's at big, least, big number. That's at least two possessions. Yeah. So, if you got some thoughts on that today, love to hear from you. Text or call 970-242-1340. So, here's some things to think about with this. 
to put the Broncos' 13-game losing streak to the Chiefs in perspective. All right. It's now, as of today, 2,640 days, 377 weeks, seven-plus years. Oh. Here's some other things to think about, too. This is from Nick Cosmander. I'm not going to say that I came up with this stuff. From The Athletic. All right. Pat Sertan was months away from getting his driver's license. Justin Simmons was starting his senior year at Boston College. Brent McManus was in his second season in the league. His first as the team's full-time kicker. Broncos secondary coach, Christian Parker, he was a 24-year-old college assistant in Norfolk State. And Peyton Manning was playing his final season in the NFL. That's how long it's been since the Broncos have beaten the Chiefs. And so when the Broncos play the Chiefs on Sunday, there's only one guy that was on that team that beat them the last time. And that would be the aforementioned Brandon McManus. And Can Den- he do it again? When Denver won 31-24. And of the 53 players in the active roster, just seven others were in the league at that time. Denver's quarterback, Russell Wilson, Tom Compton, Cam Fleming, Kareem Jackson, Latavius Murray, Mike Purcell, Kwan Williams, who's expected back for the Broncos and they need him against Kansas City. Yeah. So it's the second longest active losing streak in any division rivalry in the league behind the 14 straight defeats the Jets have suffered against the Patriots. And since 2000, only New England's 15-game winning streak against the Bills, 03-2010, has been longer. So the other day, when Justin Simmons was asked about this, asked about you know, what it would mean for the Broncos to get a victory here in this one. For a, for a team that's a three-win football team, to get a win and snap this losing streak against Kansas City, it would be huge. You know, um, having a, you know, uh, kind of a losing skid in the last few games. And, um, you know, at this point in the year, man, it just feels so great to get a win. Um, and obviously against the Chiefs, you know, an AFC West opponent, um, they've obviously been, you know, at the top of the AFC West for a few years now. And so uh, this win would mean absolutely everything. It would. Oh, yeah. It could be the kind of thing that maybe, you know, here in the late in the season changes the, tra- the trajectory for this football team. But it's a lot to ask when your offense is the worst scoring offense in the league at around 13 points per game. Yeah. All right. Who do we have in the uh, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line? Noted Pyle Chiefs fan, Butchie. Oh. Butchie, I, I saw you across the way out at Fruita last night. I saw you had your Chiefs hat on. So I, I was going to – when you wear that hat, it's radioactive, man. I'm staying away from you when you're wearing that, that Chiefs gear. But uh, good game by your by your girl last night. You played well. Uh, she had a decent fourth quarter. Um, rough first half. But uh, they're getting used to the new coach, and, you know, I think they, they will be okay. Uh, the reason I called, I've got a – proclamation about the game this weekend oh you're gonna are you getting me one of these sandbag things that oh denver's gonna hang in there and they're gonna be tough and it's gonna be a tough game for us you're gonna lou holtz it can't get such a good football team they're betting a three-way football team you're not gonna give me that stuff are you yeah are you i'll tell you what okay I they're gonna this. beat they're gonna beat the they're, they're gonna cover the spread okay and i would not be surprised if they win I know you think I would. that's sandbagging. Uh, if you've watched the Chiefs outside of the Niners game, they have not played well. Their defense might be the only defense Denver can consistently move the ball against. And, boy, your defense is the top defense or one of the top defenses in all of football. Third-scoring defense. Uh, they How many, how many one-score games have they had? Had seven. Yeah, I mean, they are razor thin, close to being a playoff team, really. So um, that's my proclamation. I'm not sandbagging. I, I'm really uh, concerned with it. My counter is this: Have you seen the Broncos' offense? <laughs> have you? Have I you, have. have, you, have the only you s- reason I feel that way is because of our defense has really. You know, they're starting what five rookies, and they have ups and downs. I get it. I know I know they haven't played well, 
especially offensively, but they really don't have to. If they just play average offensively, and they have it, but if they, they do, they'll beat a lot of teams. I would, I would dream if they'd play average. I mean, they they were two for twelve and third down last week, and I get the Ravens' defense is that's a, that's a good unit, but uh, they're butchy. They're just horrible. They're they're so tough to watch, and it's not Russ is part of it, but it's Hackett, it's out, and it's the the injuries. Their offensive line is garbage. You know what's like to have a garbage offensive line because you guys went out, and that was part of the reason you didn't win a Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, and you addressed that problem, and and Denver. Until they do that and and realize what, what Russell Wilson is now, not what Russell Wilson was, they're they're in a bad spot. I I, I think the defense will game it up. I think they'll they'll keep it, you know, manageable for, for a good chunk of the game. But I, I just think Mahomes is gonna make plays. He's just gonna make plays on him and and, and Denver's defense will wear down because the offense can't keep them, you know, they they're gonna go three and out and like your defense, what, seventeenth, I think, in total defense. Your defense isn't great. I, I I get that, but your offense is going to make plays, and they're going to make plays on this defense because they're going to wear them out eventually. And so I they can they yeah. can Jim and, and I will say one one stat for that Kansas City did go out and revamp their offensive line yeah. so well that they statistically have the two worst tackles in pro football, number one and number two in the NFL in pressures allowed. Um, or Orlando, Orlando Brown Jr. and the right tackle. I'll take your guy. I'll take him right now. I'll take him right now. Consider what Denver has. I would take your guys right now because they'd be better than what I, I see from the Broncos tackles. I get it. They, the statistically, they're not grading out well. They're still better than what we have, and and that's. I don't. I just think when you got Mahomes, you've always got the upper hand, and and I just you know, but I. I I appreciate you, Butchie. It's like you're an early Christmas present to me, and into cake too. It's like you know. <laughs> well, I appreciate make it feel that. Like one the... more thing tonight: uh, people get out and watch some girls basketball. There is a chili supper uh, at Fruta High School tonight from five to eight. It's eight bucks for a bowl of chili uh, toppings, a dessert, and a, and a drink, and uh, support the basketball program. Good job. I like the little plug for very nice for Fruta. Good job. I like that. Good job, Have Butchie. a good day, guys. All right, take care. Have a happy holiday, Butchie. Bye-bye. All right, take care. All right, Butchie with us today. Now, I, Butchie does this. He comes on, and he's like, oh, I know you guys got a shot. He's just being nice. And then, come to find out, reality comes in and smacks you upside the head. Really, <laughs> really hard. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, I mean we, okay, we're talking offensive line here. The Chiefs' pass rush has already more sacks this year than they did all of last year. They have 36 sacks this year. They only had 31 last year. And and Chris Jones is great again. And Denver, what, what's been part of the problem? They struggle protecting Russell Wilson. Max Crosby basically spent the whole game in the backfield against the Broncos. Likewise for yeah. Brian Burns at Carolina. Can, can we have like a a rule, a, just a quick NFL bylaw that says that when the Broncos are on offense, defenses have to count one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three yeah. Mississippi. <laughs> you to, like, like you're playing a Thanksgiving Day flag football Backyard, game. Backyard, yeah. yeah. Please. I, I just don't think they're going to be able to slow Jones down. I, I just... It's it's going to be rough on Sunday. I, I I go back and forth between feeling like they're they're going. To, I think they're going to stay in the game for a stretch, and then I think as the game goes on, the Chiefs are going to put this thing away. So if you got some predictions, some thoughts on it today, text or call us nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Nine points, a minimum of three possessions for the Broncos. A win against the Chiefs would change the season and give hope for next season. Yes, it would, Larry. It'd be huge. It would be huge to end the losing streak, both the current four-game and the 13-game losing streak to the Chiefs. Here's the other thing, too, that's, you know, you talk about the Chiefs and the Broncos offensively comparison. It's night and day. But as a team, as an entire unit, the problem that the Broncos have had consistently, even going back to the Vance Joseph and the Vic Fangio era, they struggle to make second-half adjustments. 
The third quarter has been a plague on this Broncos offensively. And, and, and you know, late in game, fourth quarters, the defense has given up a couple of late drives, and that's not necessarily a reflection of how good they really are because the offense is just that terrible. So second half adjustments, that's something that not only I think the Chiefs are leaps and bounds better at than the Broncos, it's something they almost kind of take pride in. You know, Andy Reid has, for a long time, he's been able to, with Patrick Mahomes, make adjustments and retool what he has so that in second halves of games, the Chiefs, even if they're down 10, what, 10 to 14 points, they find a way to get back in the game. You saw it in the Super Bowl against San Francisco. Jim along with Kate today. So from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the, the Team Sports Network, and so we're, we're talking about the Broncos and Chiefs. And Do you feel like Denver's got a shot on Sunday? You know, there is a guy that feels like the Broncos have a chance. All right. And he's our, our good friend from 850 KOA, Broncos Radio Network. Mike Rice says he feels like there's a, a chance the Broncos can keep this one close. If the Broncos had to be perfect to almost beat Baltimore, what do they have to be defensively against Kansas City? I mean, they have to be miraculously playing out of their minds. Somehow, some way, the Broncos have to prevent this from getting completely out of hand in front of the home crowd. Okay, not exactly what the lead into that clip, because I didn't remember Mike saying that it was going to be. He's, they, they're going to have to play ins, insanely well on Sunday. Yeah on the defensive side, and the offense has got to find a way to help carry some water. To score. To, to uh, score touchdowns. I'm not McManus field goals. Score touchdowns because you're not going to beat the Chiefs with McManus kicking three field goals and then hoping he can deliver on a 63 or a 64-yard field goal at the end of the football game. It's just not going to happen. All right, last night we had Thursday night football, and it's, it's it was the Rams and the Raiders. And obviously it lost a little sizzle coming in because of the way the Rams have been playing. But last night it, it got some interesting juice during the week mm-hmm. with the acquisition by the Rams of Baker Mayfield. Carolina had cut him. Mayfield comes in on a Tuesday, gets plays last night, 22 of 35, 230 yards and a touchdown last night. And he leads them on a 98-yard Game-winning drive as the Raiders blow a 13-point fourth-quarter lead to lose 17-16 to last night. Love that for them. Derek Carr, not a good game through two picks last night. And look, give the Rams' defense credit. They held Josh Jacobs to under 100 yards last night. 99, but they held him under 100, and he had a touchdown. But the story is Baker Mayfield, particularly that, that drive last night, where he had like his second-best fourth quarter completion percentage of his career. So here's Baker Mayfield in a Rams uniform, which looked just really weird. Of course, it looked weird seeing him in the Carolina Panthers uniform. Right. And not wearing his number six, by the way. Oh, 17. His 17 last night for Mayfield. Doesn't matter the number he was wearing. The number that mattered was a seven, which matched his jersey number, a 17 to 16 win for the Rams over the Raiders last night. A lot of emotions, but uh, I'm really, really blessed, and, uh, and I'm really thankful right now, especially just the guys here that welcomed me in and uh, helped me you know, do the crash course here. Obviously, Liam, Zach, and Sean helping me do that when I when I walked in, and uh, Matthew helping out as well, and John and Bryce. It's just, you know, thankful for that. A very grateful Baker Mayfield. No, no kidding. Also, Which, I was going to say, that's kind of in a way, antithetical to how the media likes to portray Baker Mayfield. It's kind of showboat, a little arrogant. You heard him there, and and again, this gets back to the question I had earlier, that would Baker Mayfield be a long-term solution post-Matthew Stafford? I think a guy like Sean McVay can heal Baker Mayfield's career, can understand him. If he can take Jared Goff to a Super Bowl... He can he can help Baker. Well, then you look at what Jared Goff's doing now. Right, Jared Goff's playing really, really well, really well for the Detroit Lions. All right, we're going to talk with Palisade Girls basketball coach Don Baver. That's coming up next. Text in your thoughts. Broncos Chiefs can can Denver hang with Kansas City on Sunday? 
Who do you think ends up winning the Heisman Trophy? Text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Craptastic. That's just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Palisade Bulldogs basketball on the team. And a conversation with Don Baber, brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Last night, Palisade girls fell to peak to peak, 45-22 at the Demon Invitational in Glenwood. Don Baver, in his first year as a Bulldogs coach, joins us. Don, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Good morning, Jim. How are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, your basketball team uh, losing that uh, that game last night at the Demon Invitational to peak to peak. Adora Cameron had uh, eight points for you. Your basketball team uh, slips to two and three. But uh, kind of take us through last night in that, in that game against peak to peak because uh, your team got off to a really slow start and unfortunately uh, fell last night to peak to peak. Yeah, that's kind of been our MO the past couple of nights is we just kind of haven't come out of the gate and kind of fall behind. And then after that first quarter, we kind of flip the switch and uh, hang with teams, really, kind of uh, against the Coleridge team two nights ago. We were down 20-3 to after one, and then last night we were down 17-0. They had one big girl last night, and she, she took it to us. She had 25 points, and uh, she had skill to back up that height as well. Yeah, Alex Eschmeyer had a career-high 25 points last night. She had 10 in the first quarter when, as you mentioned, Don, they got out to that 17 to nothing lead. But then in, in the second quarter, I mean, you were only outscored 28-22 to rest of the way. What did you tell your, your Bulldogs in that uh, heading to that second quarter that maybe helped to turn the momentum of that game a little bit? We just keep preaching rebounds, effort, attitude, and you're right. We uh, we hang we we hung with them after that uh, first quarter for sure. At one point, we were down 22 nothing last night. So even from that point on, we you know it was like 22 to 23 for the rest of the game. So if we can come out and start better and kind of limit teams to under 10 points a quarter, and and I think we could really hang around and uh, make a difference in some of these games. Don Baver in his first year as the head coach of the Palisade Girls basketball team with us. Uh, Bulldogs off to a two and three start. What do you feel like? Don, you've learned about your basketball team through these first five games. Yeah, through these first five games, we're just kind of trying to figure out our identity. And that's what we kind of keep telling the girls is what is our identity? We want to be a defensive identity team that we just want to be tough and strong. And, and we're young. And that's, that's by no uh, means an excuse. But at one point last week, and I looked out, we had four freshmen and one sophomore on the floor. So I looked out there, and none of those girls can even drive yet. So we're just young and uh, inexperienced on the varsity court. So we're just we're just co- coaching them up, coaching them up in timeouts. Uh, told one of my assistants the other night that we just need like ten timeouts a game instead of uh, five, so that we can keep coaching them up during uh, breaks. Well, maybe make a request to Chassa, see National uh, Federation. <laughs> maybe they'll say, "Hey, can it's the, the Baver exception? Can we have more timeouts?" Maybe they'll let you do that. I would like that. Or maybe extend it from one minute to two minutes. (laughs) There you go. Todd Baver, Palisade Girls basketball coach with us on the Team Sports Network. You mentioned you have a young basketball team, Don, and and Addie Ritterbush, who is also a really good volleyball player. Uh, She's been your leading scorer, sophomore at 15 points per game. She's also leading your team in rebounding at almost eight eight, uh, rebounds per contest, three assists per game, stealing a half per game. She, She really fills up the stat sheet, doesn't she? Yes, she does. Uh, she's by far our leader on and off the court, and uh, she's just a great all-around kid as well. Like she's super sweet, and uh, she's definitely uh, captain material. And uh, the Bulldogs are, are are lucky to have her out there at Palisade. Chloe Simons for you. She's a junior. She's averaging twelve points per game. She's she's off to a good start. She's only played one game so far for you, but the one game she was pretty pretty productive with the twelve points. Yeah, she came down on a girl's uh, foot in the first game, like nine minutes into the game, and that's where those 12 points came from. Um, we suited her up last night and kind of gave her some spot minutes, kind of tested out that ankle a little bit. But we're probably another good week before she's back to 100%. So uh, once we have her back and Addie, um, it's a good, completely different look to our team. Don Baver, coach of the Palisade girls basketball team. Uh, Don, you continue to play at the Demon Invitational in Glenwood. Uh, tonight, you get Moffitt County uh, at 6.30. What do you know about Moffitt County? They're athletic. They're fast. Uh, they played Glenwood really tough yesterday. I think they were up 16-6 to after the first quarter against Glenwood last night. And Glenwood's got a solid team with seven seniors on it that all contribute. So 
based off of what we've seen off of Moffitt, we're, we're going to need to bring it tonight because they're fast and athletic, like I said, and uh, they're going to put a lot of pressure on the ball. And he'll be excited next week. you got the home tournament out of Palisade coming up next Thursday. Yeah, we're super excited for that, boys and girls. So it's the only local thing that's got boys and girls out there. And so uh, we got D. Evelyn in that first one. And they're a legit team as well. Like uh, They took out Rock Canyon and Chaparral last week, and we've got them in the first round. So another good, tough test for our team. And it's okay that we're young, and it's okay that we're going to build some experiences by playing some of the, the best teams in the state. Hey, Don, good luck tonight against Moffitt County. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jim. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Don Baver, coach of the Palisade Girls basketball team, 2-3 and three on the season after the loss to Peak to Peak last night. All right, 829, Jim along with Cake today. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. Still have a four-down territory coming up. Also, where in the world is Tyler Franzen? With us right now, Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex. Jackson, how you doing? Good. How we doing? Doing okay. So, um, have the Avalanche reached out to you? Yeah. Uh, could they? Because they... They could use some help right now. Jim, I feel like this could be a Vince Papali story, right? You exactly. Know I mean? From the Eagles, you know, they hold tryouts, maybe some limbered up 38, 40-year-old guy goes out there, really shows them what they got. Put they, him next that could to, be put, you. Put him on, you know, yeah, put him on penalty kill, kind of like special <laughs> teams like Vince Papali make a play. Exactly. No, it's kind of wild. We were, you know, I, I sit there and obviously, you know, I'm, I'm down at River City Sportplex, the ice rink, you know, almost every day when I, when I have the chance when I'm not traveling and... Just talking like all, all the guys stuff. It's so funny because you look out there at the Avalanche roster, and it's half of the Colorado Eagles roster yeah. playing for them. And you know, it's just kind of bananas. And you know, it's just so tough. They're obviously the most injury plagued team in the NHL right now. Um, they're possibly looking at getting a uh, big Val back shortly. I know Lekkinen's at the end of a concussion protocol, and there might be a, a one more coming back. But I mean, yeah, they're struggling. I mean, I haven't seen this team have so many. It, guys be bounced up and down between the Eagles and back and clearing waivers and just, you know, they're going through the whole thing. They're really trying to make it work without uh, forcing a trade on themselves. But, you know, it, it'll just be interesting to see what happens in the next uh, – here here going into the new year because, you know, they, they can't drop too many games. I mean, five of their top forwards are out right now. Right. And, at, and adding Nathan McKinnon to that list who's out with an upper body injury – and we keep talking about this, and I don't mean mean to to be redundant, beat a dead horse on this thing. The good thing is it's now. It's in December. Right. And there's, you know, Landis Gog will be back, coming off the knee surgery. They're, they're going to get guys back. McKinnon will be coming back in, in three more weeks. And so there's, there, there's, the Cavalry's coming over that hill. It's just, can they, can they survive the onslaught of right now? Because, I mean, facing Boston the other night, Whew. So I mean, really, the, the hottest team. I mean, New Jersey's playing great, but Boston's probably the hottest team in the league. The fourteen consecutive home wins start the season, setting an NHL record. Pasternak, and, and that's just a really good hockey former, team. Former uh, DU Pioneer coach Jim, Jim Montgomery. Montgomery. Yep, doing he's really well. Unbelievable. I yeah. I actually have. A, I think he's going to win the Jack Adams, which is the coach of the year. Um, it's definitely going to be between him and the New Jersey Devils coach Lindy Ruff. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, so you play you play a powerhouse team, and on top of that, you have, you know, not the guys you would like to be competing against the elite of the NHL on the ice. So it's tough. It's very frustrating, especially at home when they're they have such a good home ice advantage. Over the past few years, they just you know don't they don't have it because they don't have the guys right now. And and I like the patience that at least in, in things I've read and you know in interviews I've seen with Kale McCarr about look we got young guys here. Everybody's pl- trying hard. It's not like anybody's not trying. And, and Bednar's addressed that. He's like, no, it's not like our guys aren't trying, aren't playing hard. No, they're no, just they're they, just playing teams that are way more talented. Got guys in this roster that have been, you know, were with the Eagles down the AHL, or guys that have been cut by other NHL teams. And that's what you've got to work with right now if you're Jared Bednar. But I, I like Kale McCarr's approach of we we, we you know we we got to work with what we have right now, and we got to find a way to to least. Get ourselves where we can compete and and, and get a win or two here oh, during the stretch. I'm just, I mean, I'm just looking at the IR list right now, and hopefully they get Leckinen back. McKinnon's out. Rodriguez, Byram, Darren Helms, hopefully coming back. Landis Cog, McDermott, Manson, Big Val. I mean, and Helm and, and that and might this, not even be all of them. And this, I mean, Helms a loss that people don't really think about because he's such a great 
you know, you know, we're running running mate with Kale McCarr in that defensive core. It's so funny in, in hockey too, right? And this is where it's different from similar to basketball. I'd probably say is the first one, and then maybe like uh, you know, baseball you can get pinch hit or stuff. But like you have to alleviate some of the time away from your star players, right? So you know, you know, for say you're an NFL team, you have your receiver out there probably 100 percent of the time for snaps, maybe 98 percent depending on your formations, whatever, right? Like your star guys on the field a lot, right? But but in hockey, I mean, these guys go for 30 to 45 seconds, maybe 45 seconds a minute, depending on the shift, and they get off. And then you have to also alleviate. You have your two top lines, and you have to alleviate that their third, fourth line. Right. And then if you and then if you want to play strategy where instead of scale it up, you want to send some bigger guys or you want to hit, like you have to have that availability. And when you really take that away from a team in hockey, that's just a super tough ask. Right, and now you have younger guys who aren't as talented running around trying to run a system. We have, you know, we we talked about the goaltending situation this summer when they bring in Jajoriev um, with Francois, and it's like, yeah, these two guys are good goalies when they have a good team in front right. of them, and you know, yeah, and then when all of a sudden you kind of take away, you know, a couple defensemen, now you're taking away six forwards, and, and you know, it just kind of starts, you know, going downhill like that. You know, these goalies kind of are just like, you know, they're playing well, but they're not. Make yeah. you know having one two goal against games. Georgiev the other night. I mean against Boston. I mean there's there's only so much you can do. Right. When when you're right when you're you're lacking some some yeah. of your top defensemen yeah. and a helm and a bow and Byram. I mean we'd be like we'd be like well Kale McCarr is still there. Well Kale McCarr can't can't do everything. Yeah it's yeah it's tough. I mean, it can't, like and that's the other thing. And you remove those guys now they're honed in on Kale McCarr. Yeah. Like yeah, you know, so all of a sudden they squeeze him hard, and now he has to trust his teammates to go make a play, right? And he's delivering the puck to them, and yeah, sure, they're they're open, they catch pass and everything like that. But it's just it's tough for them to operate at the high, the highest of high levels that we saw last year and the year before without these injuries, right? And, and it hurts when you lose guys that are really good two way guys, Landeskog, Arturi Lekkinen. They're really good two way guys. Yep. When you don't have, I mean, there's so many things right here of why, you know, and if if like if you follow the Avalanche, if you just kind of you know on 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 the periphery and just oh look, oh they're really sucking right now. Yep. Well, there's a huge reason why it's different yeah. than the Broncos. Broncos have injuries and it's and it's substantial and it's hurt them. This is where injuries have been absolutely devastating to this team. I mean, yeah, they they don't have the depth. They haven't had their captain all season. Yeah. I mean, like, like that's. I mean, think about any sport. You, you go, to, you know, you lose your leader. Yeah. Like you're, you know, there's gonna be, you know, some, you know, there's probably some behind the scenes stuff because they're frustrated, you know, and, but no, it's all good. I mean, if you look at this team long term and even just through the rest of the season, it still looks very, you know, they're 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 probably I haven't checked recently, but they're probably still the favorite, if not second or third favorite, for the Stanley Cup still. Yeah. I mean, because it's just it's it's a long season and you know, I think they're on game maybe twenty five thirty right now out of eighty two. Um, you know, so so we haven't even crossed the halfway point yet and you know, some of these guys will get back. You know, it's no one I don't think is really out for a year yet. Right, no. uh, you know, it's just it's these four week things, these six week things. Lena Scott, twelve was, weeks for him with yep. the knee surgery. So and, you know, it's it, they'll figure it out and they'll get it back together, and I think they'll be fine. And you know, if Sackick and McFarland feel like they need to make a move, they will. We know they're not afraid to, but you know, you almost too gotta appreciate the patience on their side as well, where they're like, okay, well, you know, we're actually gonna learn a lot about ourselves, right? So like some of these guys who instead of now getting a look of them coming up in February or March, we're actually able to see them in December or November and they can kind of you know, pocket what guys they're like, okay, you know, if Landy does get hurt again and, you know, the playoffs, this guy can be pulled up to to, to fill this role perfectly, right? Right. And and, and, I, and I think that's just a, you know, a wiser way to look at it of they're learning a lot about themselves. It's not dire right now. Um, they are dropping more games than they should be or than we're used to or expecting. But with that being said, you know there there can be positives still taken out of it. I mean, you're you're learning a lot about your minor league system right now yeah. and who you have. I was going and Jackson. I got a question for you. What does this do for a guy like Miko Rantanen? Because he's kind of you know when it's McKinnon and Landeskog and McCarr, Moose is kind of that third or fourth guy that gets mentioned like oh yeah he's also up there a top line guy what kind of pressure does this add on a guy like Miko Rantanen 
with all of these other guys hurt. Sure. No, I, you know, I, I, and just for how competitive it is, I think honestly, like, you know, the individual himself puts the most pressure on him, right? Cause he's like, okay, like my guys are out. I have to step in and perform and, and, you know, take my game to another level here. Um, but yeah, when you look, when you look at it as well, like you need your top guy to go out there and, and score goals and get some points. Um, you know, I think he's playing right now with like Alex Newhook maybe. And, uh, well, and Newhook has had an opportunity here because of all these injuries. Remember, he's in the doghouse right. a while back and has been able to get himself out of the doghouse. And now he's been kind of forced into a situation where he's got to he's got to deliver for this team right oh, yeah. now. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's tough because because it, if you look at these other forwards too, Tyler, like I mean, like the other guy who you know Moose has to feed in the pikes, like JT Comfer, yeah, who 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 is a very good two way player and he can be offensive most definitely, but. You know, it's just it's just not it, it's not the same looks, right? And and, and I think Rantanen uh, definitely can take games over, but you know, it, it, I just don't know if he has that like Nate McKinnon factor where it seems like you know, whenever if Nate was out there playing with twelve year olds, he'd still be able to make somehow. Like you know what I mean? Right. Go right. Go, go wild. It, yeah. And and I'm not saying Miko can't couldn't do that, but it's just I, I don't think we've seen it at a level in which. He he can single handedly change multiple games consistently. He can, he can go in there and he might have a big night. He can change a game for sure, but like consistently, I haven't necessarily seen if he can like go in there, you know, like that Crosby, Ovechkin, you know, McKinnon type, and just kind of take over. This is maybe an odd comparison, but he's kind of you know, so like if Nathan McKinnon was Nikola Jokic, mm-hmm. Miko's probably more like a Bones Highland. Oh sure, you know somebody that's. He he has moments of brilliance and could be the caliber, but he's he's more of a support guy. And if he doesn't have the support system around him, like McKinnon and Landeskog and and company, then him being able to kind of step into that number one role is, is a little more challenging. Yeah, I he, would think he's having a good year. I'm I'm pulling up right now. He's got 32 points in 25 games. Like that's good. 24 goals. You know, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 15 goals in the 24 games. Like you know, he he's a good like 25 years old. I mean, he's he's a really good player. Like he's very good. And and you know maybe this maybe this is a good step for him too to kind of have a different look because he's never I don't think played with them when they've been this injured. Right. You know. So you know it's it's definitely uh, it's like exciting to see him play hard. Like JT is still playing hard. Kale's unbelievable. And you got I mean, guys like Cal Burke. Yeah, who you know made his debut in the league at twenty five, and right now he's centering the fourth line. Yeah, and and so those are the guys, and like and like Bednar said, you know this this group of of Colorado Eagles are going to learn what it takes to play in this league because they're getting yeah. this is an extend. It's like it's almost it's almost like spring training, extended spring training, though the games count. You know, you don't. So- you're in you're in season in this case, but these these guys that are minor league guys. Are getting a long look by the Avalanche right now. I've uh, I've been trying to keep up with their waiver wire, Jim. Be honest, never heard of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> What's he play? Is he played one game? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't even know. Yeah. Was that Boston? Did he play against Boston? Yeah, yeah played against Boston. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that. But those are the kind of names Jeez. that are out there right now. Holy smokes! Holy smokes! Yeah. No, it'll it'll be interesting to see. You know. I love their roster. Like, if you still take a step back and look kind of long term about like what they're building and planning and so I mean, it looks it's unbelievable. It looks great. You know, it's just they got a they the the trainer and their health staff this season are really earning their paychecks. No, oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it at all. All right, we're gonna talk more about what's going on at River City Sportplex. Jackson Wilson joins us every Friday in the program. Also, four down territory coming up. But right now, it's time to play. Where in the world? Is Tyler Franzen. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where the hell is he? Well, I can't find him. He's not hide forever. I will find you. Chance to win beer today. Case of Fat Tire from New Belgium Brewery and High Country Beverage. Must be 21 or older. And if you've won the last two weeks, please sit it out. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the highest capacity seating NBA arena. Talk about getting air. Anyone who knows me knows I despise the company that this arena is named for after they lost my luggage with my college broadcasters awards in them. But I'm not bitter. Not at all. 
Where in the world is Tyler Franson? All right. First correct answer on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Send it in now. 970-242-1340. We will take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the Team. All right, welcome back. Jim along with Cake and Jackson Wilson from River City Sportplex this morning. Got some predictions on the Broncos and the Chiefs coming up on Sunday. Who's going to win the Heisman Trophy? Deion Sanders at the Buffs-Rams game last night. I, I also I think I owe you an apology because you let me uh, guest pick games last week, and I'm uh-huh. pretty sure I went 0-4. You did not go 0-4. 1-3? Uh, one... It was a losing record. One, <laughs> one, four, and one. Wow! Because we uh, we tied with the Commanders Giants game. Uh, you got <laughs> yeah. the way, way to go, Giants Commanders. You got the it uh, makes me feel so much better. Thank you. You got the Ravens right over the Broncos. Other than that, oh, tough. Uh, that one was tough. Yeah. <laughs> so it's okay. I don't think uh, uh, outside of Jim and Petey and Rio, we. Uh, Oh, yeah, do, so, do we all tie? Well, we all know. No, those the three of us. Do we tie, or do, well, who, uh, who won last week? Well, I won't play it yet. I'm not going to make it official. Yeah. So. so you, Jim, Rio, and Petey each went three, two, and one. Okay. And Jackson and I are a little down in the dumps in the uh, in the picks category we just, last we week. We just got to hit the books. We just got to hit the books. There we got to go. pull a couple, you know, study nights. Yeah. That's, yeah. Look, that's all it is. All night session. Yeah. Cram. Yeah. It'll be okay. A couple sodas. Try to yeah. stay up late. Exactly. Get some Red right Bull. There. Red Bull yeah. here and there. Yeah. Study the lines. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Oh, I love it. Well, you got a lot coming up or going on uh, coming yeah. up here very soon at River City Sportplex uh, with the CMU hockey and also some some figure skating as well. Yep. So the so the biggest event that we have coming up will be next Friday, December sixteenth at six p.m. The doors are going to open at five forty. It is our Holiday on Ice festive skating exhibition. So our figure skating club, River City Skating Club, is putting on their exhibition. Their, uh, it's a show, um, you know, and everything like that. We're going to try and take the glass down, kind of open it up, really create a, you know, immersive, intimate kind of show for them to deliver at uh, there at River City Sportplex. So once again, that's coming up next week, correct? Yep. Next week, Friday, December 16th. Doors open at 5.40. It's at 6 p.m. Um, I'm trying to figure out if uh, if they're charged. It's $5 per person. There is. And then it's free for kids, four and under. Um, you know, it supports our nonprofit skating club. And, I mean, these girls and boys, boys are awesome. Um, you know, they've been growing their club just as much. I, I come in here, and obviously I talk about hockey all the time, but uh, Sydney Ash is our skating director over there who is kind of the director for the skating club. She's been doing awesome. Um, you know, I think they've also doubled their club size in the past year. Um, you know, this will hopefully kind of be one of their bigger shows uh, to date um, out there for River City Skating Club. So we're super excited to be able to have them put on such a fun winter um, exhibition. Uh, they have some really good skaters. I mean, it's impressive. Like, you know, I, I'm a hockey guy. I, I, you know, I like to think I'm a pretty good hockey guy and all that stuff, but I can't jump and do like, two spins or three spins how in the air and you have to be to do you that. know and they're getting they're getting low on these edges and it turns out i mean it's it's bananas so you know it's super exciting um it'll be fun i'll be involved in the event um you know so we got we got actually i'm getting called in for uh dress rehearsal this evening which for me is uh never thought i'd be in dress rehearsal for for, for posting yeah, yeah yeah well hey hey well you never know i mean it's just post middle school in general you know i never never thought i'd be called back in you know just you know probably gonna get the nerves you know so (laughs) no it's fun man it's a good deal deep breaths you'll be okay thank you i'm gonna try really hard so no no it'll be headspace get some headspace i want to i want to do whatever i can to support them they're awesome like they do a really good job that community there is so fun uh the figure skating community and and they're really working hard in there and they want to be able and you know expose what they've been doing 
Um, so this is a really good opportunity. So if you're interested in coming down to watch some figure skating, you know, watch a kid show. If you're, you know, even a, uh, if you like the theater, anything like that, you right. know, because you know it's a it's a sporty kind of uh, theatrical, you know, kind of deal. So you know, kind of musical stuff. So it's super fun. I'm really excited for them. So it'll be it'll be really good, and I'm excited for the kids. Yeah, perfect and a holiday thing, right? Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holiday deal. Yeah, exactly. You know, you get to go kind of, you know, you can bundle up, go into the rink. Uh, sit there and watch. We have hot chocolate, um, you know, and, and we also still have our um, free flow, right? Right. But we're actually now over there doing, we're doing uh, mixed, like, winter drinks as well. Oh, so, okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. like, they have, like, mint, uh, like, uh, you know, hot chocolate, that, you know, that's spiked or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, with a shot in it and little, stuff little like that. A little high test, a little, uh, little jet oh, yeah. fuel in it. Yeah. They came up, uh, John, our GM, and, and we saw our office manager stuff, they came up with, I mean, like a list of six, seven, like cocktails, like warm cocktails and stuff. So it's, I mean, they, they're rocking it, man. So it's a good time. It'll, it'll be a fun time if you guys come out there. All right. Uh, it's also CMU Hockey. CMU Hockey. They played tonight. Um, and they play tomorrow. I believe the game tonight's at seven. Um, and then tomorrow, I think it is three uh, thirty. I have it right here. Yep, seven p.m. tonight. They play UCCS University of Colorado at Colorado Springs, and then they play tomorrow at three forty-five. So that's two games. They went down there. They beat them both times um, in Colorado Springs. They've won. I think now CMU's won three of their past four. Uh, game so that so they're on a little heater so if they can win these two this week and you know five out of six pretty good so you know they'll, they'll keep it moving um you know i think they really have a strong chance to to close out the rest of the year with with a bunch of wins and um you know com- compared to last season it'd be that'd be a very very big step in the right direction so super exciting stuff out of them um really fun as always so we'll, we'll see what happens tonight i'll be down there um after dress rehearsal and uh, yeah, and uh, watching CMU play, man of many talents, Jackson Wilson. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah. I don't know about that, but I'm I'm excited. I told him I was gonna go kind of full suit for it. I'm gonna hey, go all should. out. Oh, oh yeah, dude, you pomade the hair like. Oh yeah. Try to Mike McDaniel's it up. I mean, that'd be really good. Yeah, just yeah. Dude, that guy, that guy's unbelievable. I, I, he's he's a fun coach to watch. Just he's going and he knows how to work the snippet clips and he's a young oh, coach he's oh, yeah. so smart like marketing himself kind of how he does very very media savvy yeah like yeah no doubt about that yep and his giant gold watch yeah <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it all right 853 let's get into we're into four down territory on the jim davis show on the team <laughs> all right start things out with first down did the rams tamper with baker mayfield i've, I've got a couple from last night's game by the way all right. Mayfield played great last night. Led, of course, the Rams on two touchdown drives, 98-yard drive to win the game, 17-16 to over the Raiders. But um, Mayfield and Sean McVay sat next to each other on a flight from L.A. to Indy during the 2018 NFL Scouting Combine. And McVay raved about Mayfield at the time. And then Mayfield asked for the Carolina Panthers to cut him. He wouldn't have probably asked for that if he would have known... Unless he knew that somebody out there wanted him, so there, there's now the the rumors, and only one team put a claim in for him, and that was the Rams. So, um, I, there's no tamper. I'm a Panthers fan, man. They it was mutual. We were like, all right, Baker, great experiment. <laughs> Thanks for coming down to the lab. We're gonna kick Matt Rule out. We're you know we're gonna start Sam Darnold. Like, no, I, I don't think there's tampered. I it was a good spot for him. You got a network. You got to know people. And and it worked out well last night for the Rams. He played he played great in that game yeah, last night. All right, second down. Last night uh, or yesterday, Colin Cowherd, national radio, is floating out the rumor that the Sean McVay is going to head to Amazon Thursday Night Football after the season's over. Does that happen? Yes or no? No. No. Can I go with the maybe? Sure. The money's right, I, maybe, but I don't know. It just seems like Sean McVay is, doesn't seem like he wants to be an NFL coach for I, a whole lot longer. Because why is every year do we have this rumor that he's thinking about stepping away from it? It's the pressure of it's getting to be too much. He can't win every year. Well, come on. Not everybody can be Bill Belichick. I mean, expect to win every year. I I just, I just don't know. It just seems like he's his heart is not entirely in to being as much as he's impassioned and all this stuff into being a head coach because it doesn't sound like he can handle losing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, it's 
That's so funny, man. You have guys that are going to battle it out, go coach college, high school. They just love the coach deal. Yeah. And then you got guys that are just like, yeah, well, maybe I'll I like the it. idea of it. Yeah, right. I like the notion of it. Right. All right, third and fourth down. The numbers are in. The prime effect already having an impact. Prime time. $49,800 spent on CU merch in one day, the highest single-day merch sales day. CU Buffs football Instagram, social media, 142% growth. Their TikTok page, 202%. And... 1,410 season ticket deposits and additional 2,000 season ticket interest forms. Seems like it's working out well so far. Seems like it is. Uh, Fourth down, there's a similar conversation about NFL MVP being quarterback-centric with the Heisman this year being all QBs. Should there be an MVP just for the quarterback and then an MVP non-quarterback, or should we keep it the same? We got the Davey O'Brien that goes to the best quarterback, but the Heisman has traditionally been more of a offensive player award particularly quarterback centric award but there they have the davy o'brien so i think I uh, it's definitely skewed to quarterbacks but i think definitely when a non-quarterback wins it you just i mean i think that guy just feels even more over the moon you know that 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 he was definitely by far and above the best player in the nation yeah i agree i agree jackson always a pleasure thank Could you that support the the mavericks tonight once again uh, yep Game time? Uh, 7 p.m. tonight down at River City Sportplex, Mavs. And then, uh, yeah, and then next week, the uh, figure skating exhibition, the show. And info at rivercitysportplex.com. Correct. Make sure you get over there and, and check it all out. All right, hour three coming up. We'll have our football picks. Ron Peterson from Monkey. I've been I've been trying to get him on. Yeah. What's the deal? <sighs> it's it's like been, I've been trying to book Peyton Manning to be on this thing. It's like herding cats. And he's no Peyton PFM. Manning, trust me. He PFM. looks more like He looks more like Mr. Bean. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson, but he's at least do it. He's going to provide his picks to us, even though he's not going to be here. I have them uh, on my on my phone. So okay, so I'll have that coming up along with the Pope. Plus, Monica Brooks will bring back that conversation we had with uh, the Mavericks redshirt senior as the cover Mason women and men play at UCCS tonight here on the team. And so that's all coming up next hour. Plus, your thoughts about Broncos and Chiefs coming up on Sunday. Text or call us nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty.